Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. See you on the other side podcast. Happy New Epis- Year. Episode <laughs> 73 already. I can't believe Happy New Year, everybody. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. All right. All right. Okay. So let's start by uh, introducing everyone. I'm Mike. We've met before. With me is Wendy. We've met before. And also uh, my sister, Allison Jorland from Milwaukee Ghosts. Hello, everyone in Radio Land. Okay, and and joining us today uh, to talk a little bit about his new book, the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, and all the kinds of weird stuff that he is up to is our friend uh, and a frequent See You on the Other Side uh, contributor, T. Krulos. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and welcome. You're our first guest of 2016. Awesome. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we thought, we thought, what better way to start the year than talk about all the exciting events that are coming up in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think so. And it's 2016, I believe, is going to be the greatest year in weird <laughs> stuff ever. <laughs> Let's hope so. You heard it here, folks. I think it's the year of disclosure. Oh, yeah. Could no be. pressure. <laughs> no pressure, but it's the it's the totally the year of disclosure. And what's going to happen is John Podesta is actually going to reveal <laughs> all the news right here on See You on the Other Side. <laughs> um, probably after Hillary becomes president. <laughs> then we're going to force him when he's going to be here, chief of staff or whatever. We're going to force him to uh, reveal it. Or we'll talk about all the people that Hillary and Bill have murdered on their climb to the top. <laughs> You know, Sounds start, like a plan. Start with Vince Foster, that poor, oh, that no. poor guy. Okay, we don't have to go all the way back. <laughs> Man, uh, you've been really into conspiracies lately, Mike. <laughs> uh, well, it's winter time, and so winter you spend a lot of time alone in your car, and then you're just thinking when you're looking around at the cold. You're like, there has to be a reason that it's so cold and nasty here. Somebody has something against me, and it might be God, but I'm not sure yet. Okay, but it's yeah, probably Hillary. <laughs> And yet we continue to choose to live here. Yes. <laughs> year after year after year. You do, because it really is beautiful in the summer. At least that's what I tell all my friends who live in warm climates. Okay. So the thing is, we, first of all, we want to congratulate T on, on big news in that someone that I consider a personal idol of mine, Lauren Coleman, the man, I mean, I think he invented the word cryptozoology whole cloth. <laughs> The man, the legend. It came to him in a a fever dream. (laughs) He named Monster Hunters, your book, T, as one of the best cryptozoology books of 2015. Yeah, Yeah. and it actually topped the list. It was number one. Numero uno, Uno. as our friends with the El Chupacabra would say. Yeah. So so how did that feel? Oh, just fantastic. Um I knew that Lauren liked the book. He he gave it a pretty positive review when it first came out. So, uh, and I knew that he did this annual list. And in the back of my mind, I was like, well, maybe he'll make his list, but I don't know. It's not right. it's not a typical cryptozoology book, as far as it's not like a collection of case studies or something. So I thought maybe it won't make the list because you know it's it's maybe not going to fit his criteria. So I was very I was very humbled and flattered that it not only made the list but it made the top of the list. It was 
uh, it was kind of shocking in a, in a great way, you know, I was just very happy about it. Just to get his endorsement on, mm-hmm. on it at all is really great. And he's like the godfather. So you got, if you guys out there in, uh, in podcast land don't know who Lauren Coleman is, he's like the godfather of cryptozoology books. Like, um, he's been doing it for a few decades now. Um, and he has, he has like a museum of cryptozoology, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, and so the, the first chapter of my book, Monster Hunters, um, I, I thought this was just a great, perfect first chapter. It's about me going out to his cryptozoology museum and uh, kind of spending the day interviewing him and looking around at this collection of amazing stuff that he has. And um, I, just, I, I really thought it was great to kind of bring the reader into a scene like that right away, you know? And I just had a blast. If we can start making lists that refer to ourselves and put like the stuff that we're in as number one, I think we should start doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Lawrence got a good gig. Yeah. He's like, of course it's number one. Chapter one is me, my friends. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, it's one of my favorite. I've said this before and I really mean it. His museum is one of my favorite places on earth. I mean, it's got to be in probably my top five favorite places on the planet that I've been to so far. Wow. Well, yeah. tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, and he's been to Disneyland, guys. Yeah. Well, how do I describe it? You know, he has spent uh, the last 50 years or so collecting artifact after artifact. Uh, and, and it's so cool because a lot of this stuff has been handed down to him from an older generation of people looking to, to this stuff. So, you know, uh, when they pass away, some of their items make their way to him, um, which is so cool because he has, uh, you know, in the, in the 50s, they did an expedition to look for the Yeti, and he has some of the samples that they retrieved on this expedition in his museum, hair samples, he even has a Yeti scat sample that they collected. Um, they oh, man. saved get the, it. Get the <laughs> DNA on that. Get the Innocence so, Project on that right away. So yeah. T, is that that is that Tom Slick's expedition? Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, that's man. From. That, yeah. uh, that's that story. Wasn't Jimmy Stewart involved in that story? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Can you tell a little <laughs> bit more about that? Because this story has everything. It, okay, it, so so Jimmy Stewart was on the expedition? No, he was not on the expedition, but okay. this is just one of those stories that it's so strange, like it just defies anything that you could ever come up with in fiction. Um, so uh, one of the members on this expedition uh, found out about a Yeti uh, scalp and, and a skeleton hand that was being uh, held in a, in a monastery in uh, Nepal. So he tried to like ask them if he could, you know, buy this from them or, and then they said, no, you can't take this this relic from our monastery. So what he actually did, you know, and you have to understand that times were a little bit different. Um, He actually got one of the monks intoxicated and he stole part of the, the relic. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that, that's that's the actual that's actual cultural appropriation right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, like, or misappropriation. He was, uh, right. oh, you know, and his name is slipping my mind. He was a um, he was on the Yeti expedition. He was a, a famous Irish big game hunter, and uh, oh, had yeah. been hired for this. A very interesting character. Hmm. Anyway, he knows hmm. that his uh, 
he's going to be searched on his way out of the country and that they're going to find this. So he needs a way to smuggle it out of the country. The, the person who bankrolled the expedition happened to be really good friends with the actor Jimmy Stewart and his wife, who also happened to be in the area at the same time. So, uh, you know, he met up with Jimmy Stewart, gave him the relics they put in his wife's underwear bag, and that's how they smuggled it out of the country. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> this really happened? Why has there not been a movie yet? Why? That's, Why? That's really unusual, because usually TSA, that's the first place they go, is right to the underwear bag. Yeah. 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 So it must have, well, been, it must have been different back then. Yeah, again, no yeah. again it was a different what, time. What are you doing to me? Right. It, again, because it was a different time, they were embarrassed mm. to do such a search. Because oh, they sure. thought it would be, you know, ungentlemanly to dig through a woman's underwear bag. So it was a perfect way to get it out. Well, I wish they would still be that way. Because the last trip I took, the TSA basically dangled my, my pretties yeah. all <laughs> for everyone to see. And I'm like, I'm going to be on the airplane with these people. And they know what my underwear looks like. <laughs> They're like, hey, look at this one. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think of this? Pretty hot. Sorry. Yeah, you know, they should probably have some kind of proctology requirements to be a TSA oh, employee. At least that seems like what they're doing most of the time in the airports I go to. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, so that's awesome. So, I mean, Jimmy Stewart. Cool. Was he? Was he a believer in the Yeti? Like, I mean, was Jimmy Stewart? And I mean, we know he believed in angels at least this time of year. But uh, what had he? Uh, was he? into cryptozoology and ghosts and stuff? Um, I, I don't know that. Uh, another interesting artifact that Lauren has at his museum, though, was... Um, Lauren, if you want to read more about the story, I, I recommend a book that Lauren Coleman wrote. Uh, it's about the life of Tom Slick. Um, and he, he talks all about this whole story in greater detail. And while he was writing that book, he... Uh, you know, this was quite a while ago. He wrote a letter to Jimmy Stewart asking him if he could confirm the story or, or offer any more details. So in his museum, he has a framed response. Jimmy Stewart actually wrote back to Lauren and said, you know, wow. yeah, I remember that did happen, and I can confirm that. It was a long time ago, so I don't... I'm not I, really I, proud of it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so he confirmed the story. As far as he actually him believing that stuff, uh, I don't know. I don't know that. Well, that's... That's that's a pretty good one, and and uh, Lauren Coleman obviously uh, is a you know fascinating kind of guy and stuff. But you know what inspired you to like so so Monster Hunter's been out for a little while now, mm -hmm. and what inspired you to want to get to know these people in the first place? Like, how did you hear about these guys and girls that would just go into the forest and, and look for this stuff? Um, I really didn't know a, a lot of the people involved. Um, it's really funny because uh, when I before I started working on the book, when I was just thinking about what type of book do I want to write, um, I had two strong ideas. And one was, I want to find the grandmaster of cryptozoology. And I didn't quite know who that was. You know, um, I think I had maybe even read some of Lauren's books before. I, I've probably seen him on some of the shows where they have clips of people who are experts talking about that stuff. But I didn't really have that connection in my mind that he was someone important but i knew that i wanted to find someone like that and then of course he was the perfect the perfect description of it mm -hmm. i was like well this is the guy uh obviously and um i started i just sent him an email you know and at first i think he was a little bit wary because he was like i don't know who you are you know you're not part of the cryptozoology scene 
I don't know what your angle is going to be. Uh, understandably, sometimes people are concerned that I'm going to be some jerk reporter that's going to write something about how stupid they are or whatever, or something making fun of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Takedowns, takedowns of things like this are what makes the internet the internet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people being people uh, taking something that people believe in and ripping it apart and making fun of it is why we have the World Wide Web. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and that's something well, I. Well, that's a cynical viewpoint. <laughs> no. Sorry. I, <laughs> sorry. I'm a Doctor Who fan. So, if you go on okay. Doctor Who message what? boards, that's pretty much it. That's what it is. But, but let's, let's also say it, it's a great, great place for, you know, people to gather together who are of like mind or who are, you know, pursuing greater knowledge from the masses and from the world. It's the World Wide Web. So, sorry that's true. about that. That's true. And there's that. pictures of cats. Allison with her <laughs> half full glass over there yeah, <laughs> right and the cat pictures you cannot forget that you know there's got to be something good in humanity <laughs> as they love all those cats sorry about that <laughs> sorry about that interruption it's okay so so uh, go ahead tm <laughs> oh yeah well understandably and this is a something i encounter frequently uh with a lot of people i write about whether it's real life superheroes uh you know people into the paranormal um conspiracy people or, or whoever People are concerned, what's your angle, you know? And I totally understand that. But I explained to him, you know, I was genuinely really interested in what he was doing. So um, that's one thing I was looking for for the book right away. And the other thing I really wanted was I got to find a local group that I can hang out with all the time, like as much as they will let me for the course of writing this book. You know, I want- Like you wanted to move in? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and that's when I, I hooked up with you know, I was fortunate to find a local group. I didn't know if there was even going to be one. I was like, I might have to commute to Chicago to do this or something. Mm-hmm. But I found the Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee. And, um, you know, after an initial explanation, uh, they let me hang out with them for a good year, year and a half. So that was awesome. So, Allison, were you part of the Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee at the time? Well, I, I'm I'm not an official member, um, but we do work together. Uh, what what my knowledge of them is uh, is um, that they're this great group that I can count on anytime I have people approaching me for an investigation. So yeah, we've been working together for years. Okay, um, I was just wondering, yeah. like you, like if with T, like said, like, hey, let's hang out, and you guys were like, okay, <laughs> can we trust this guy? Like you guys are on the <laughs> playground or something, and you're like, is he, what's what's his angle, man? So I was just well, seeing. If, <laughs> if, no, I wasn't part of the war war room discussion yeah, about what yeah. our <laughs> there there was one there be. was one for sure though yeah um, because should we destroy him? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, the first thing that happened was I, I talked to Noah. Noah Noah is the leader of the group, and um, I talked to him on the phone. And then he said, "Yeah, uh, why don't you stop by one of our group meetings?" I was like, "Perfect, yeah." And I kind of, you know, I didn't really think about it. I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna sit around at this meeting and listen to what they have to say." But uh, actually, what happened was I kind of walked in, and all eyes were on me, and it was kind of like job interview like oh man you're gonna tell us stressful what you're doing here (laughs) and it was it it was a little bit it was intimidating you know because uh like right away one of them makes a a joke and everyone laughs and i'm like i have no idea i have no idea what you're talking about yeah like it's a private group and all of a sudden 
you're the yeah. outsider that's <laughs> yeah it was a it was a moment and i left and i was like and i hope i didn't sound like a total idiot or something like that but but fortunately you know they talked it over and they said okay you're in and I was and like, you know that's something interesting i always thought about um a lot of paranormal research groups because what you're talking about when people kind of have to feel comfortable to let you in now in the music world it's a very different kind of thing because it's like oh you want to you want to come see the show yeah 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 a- anybody oh, instant friendship <laughs> right you're gonna be weird you're gonna yell a lot you're you gonna belong. be obnoxious mm, <laughs> come on in and every kind of thing so it, it always with the with the paranormal groups have always found and this is something for my friends that have belonged to these over the course of years the selective nature part of it you know or even if you come to the website i mean most groups websites will say things like we are a very exclusive group of ghost hunters <laughs> and applications for membership are currently closed at this time mm-hmm. like you're like you know like you're trying to get into a country club or something like that and it's like we're not trying to you know we're not golfing and talking about millions of dollars yeah. we're talking about somebody's like heat sensor camera or something like that and ghost story so i i, I do think that's interesting that a group that uh, or groups that you would expect to be the most open can sometimes be the most reserved and if, if you found that in you know when you were looking for your first group to hang out with and and to like embed yourself like an iraq war reporter or something um did did you find that with other monster hunter groups oh yeah yeah um, it, it's really, it was really a funny thing for me to discover because like you say, you'd think, um, these people have something so specific in common, like they want to look for evidence of Bigfoot. So you'd think that they would be so happy to be associated with anyone with that very specific interest. But in right. S- and the fact that you were, you've published books too, like yeah. this guy that actually publishes books, like wants to hang out with us. He's not just some whack job. Like I'd be like, Hey, have him come over. Yeah. But but instead they're they're very selective about who they want to associate with, for sure. So um, yeah, it's something I found with all the groups that I I met. Did anybody give you any kind of like hazing exercises <laughs> or things like that? That they you know the Bigfoot groups like made you like dress up in camo and run through the, like run through the jungle naked or anything? <laughs> uh, no, nothing like that. But you know, I was I was very happy. Um, you know, the first investigation I went on with Pim. Uh, that's what the shortened version of Paranormal's Investigators in Milwaukee. They um, did not give me special treatment or anything like that. They, they said, you know, here's equipment that you're going to help us carry, and then I need you to go around and, and do a report on the, the temperature in the room. So they immediately um, uh, just treated me like I had a workload to share with them, which was great. That is exactly that what I wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's exactly what I wanted, you know? I wanted to learn how to do it and, and learn what it's all about, and yeah. that's the best way is to get in there and participate. That's cool. And maybe that has something to do with why they're so particular too about who they let in. Because if you're relying on someone to do a job like that and you get somebody in there who's just not taking it seriously, then that could screw up your investigation. Yeah. So it makes sense. You know, this is going to lead to a a further question in a minute, but I wanted to think this because when we interviewed you before, we talked about the real life superheroes and and that was fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit more about them when we talk about your coast-to-coast appearance. Yeah. But uh, was there a specific event that happened to you that got you interested in this kind of stuff in the first place? 
And the more embarrassing, the better, please. <laughs> um, I don't think it's something in particular. I've just always really enjoyed uh, learning about subcultures and groups of outsiders, you know? Like, people that don't just don't fit in the mainstream society in some way. And I think specifically when I was in high school, I was into punk rock uh, quite a bit. I, I had a, a purple mohawk. I had a black leather jacket covered in spikes. Awesome. You know, I had a I had a really crappy punk rock attitude about life and everything. Um, One of I, us. <laughs> right, yeah, still. Uh, yeah. Some of us still have that crappy punk rock attitude about life. And, uh, and, you know, and I had a lot of friends who were part of other kind of scenes. Like, I had friends who were goths, and I had friends who were metalheads, and dudes that were into ska bands and uh you know um so all those like youth subcultures i i hung out with people like that and i think that this kind of translated into me appreciating other groups of people um who are doing something a little different okay while you were investigating and working on this book Mm -hmm. did you have any kind of strange experiences did you discover any monsters with the hunters? Uh, well, you know, the, I, I think... Uh, we don't want to ruin the book. No, just... uh, yeah. Um, the story, the big story for me, I think, as far as me personally having a, a revelation or something, um, it happened when I was out in the field with the, this great guy named Jim Sherman, uh, who is a Michigan field representative for the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. And uh, we were camping out looking for Bigfoots, and I had one of the weirdest nights of my life where me and Jim actually, like, spotted a UFO. You know? Wow, uh, sweet. Awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very strange. Um, I don't know what it was. Um, I've never claimed that it was necessarily an extraterrestrial mothership or something like that. I have no idea what it was, you know. Well, let's so, let's set the scene. Yeah, what it yeah. Look like. it, it's you and Jim Sherman. <laughs> and what what part of Michigan are you in? We're in the central of Michigan, and we're so far away from the town that I only reference it in the book as being in Isabella County is the name of the county, and it's just okay. like farmland as as far as you can see and drive. You know, you drive from so, one end of the county to the other, and it's nothing but farmland. So. So it's it's like wherever the cabin is in Evil Dead yeah. is probably where you were. <laughs> yep. Okay, so you're you're there in Michigan. Yeah. And how how's the setup? Like how you guys are hunting? You know, are you in a little like tent and everybody's cozy in their sleeping bags? Is somebody like on watch outside? What's the time of night? Like, let's get the, the your surroundings. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. Well, uh, Jim had made friends with um, a couple who owned a farm. And this farm is surrounded by 30-some acres of, of woods. So uh, we arrived there and, and said hi to them. And, and then we drove in this Jeep over this very bumpy former cornfield uh, for a while. And then me and him set up our tents. We each had a tent. It's out there. You know, it's not a campground mm-hmm. or something. It's, it's in a, a clearing surrounded by woods. So, um, we had spent the day walking around, uh, we did hear a couple of weird things, Bigfoot related, I would say, 
We heard some strange vocalizations. I don't know what those were, but it was very odd and kind of creepy. And we also did, this is a Bigfooting classic where you do a wood knock, right? So, yeah, okay. yeah. See, Mike, I told you, yeah. it's a thing. Wood I know, knocking. Yeah. I know it's a thing, the knocking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oi, the knocking, Wait, it's so a can thing, you, can you, For the uninitiated, for, for the non-puberty yeah. <laughs> yeah. can you explain what that is, please, T? Yeah, and uh, and Jim actually he carries with him he has a an axe handle that he uses to do wood knocks, but uh, it's you know there are people who theorize that uh, Bigfoot communicates um, and uh, it can communicate by uh, sending messages to each other by knocking on wood, so a lot of Bigfooters will will get out there and and they'll either they'll hit a tree with a stick. Or uh, in this case, we had two pieces of firewood, and Jim said, all right, why don't you step over by the tree line there and give two knocks? So, you know, I went over there and was like, and then uh, a couple seconds later, somewhere in the woods was a, so (laughs) something was knocking back. I don't know what. what Be careful. That's a fun experiment, too. That's an experiment that you can, you know, well, you got... A result you don't know necessarily what it was but still i mean <laughs> well that's what Lin- linda godfrey talks a little bit about in the interview too that she's right. like right outside of her house she's like knock and sometimes i hear some knocks back right and it's just like well linda move yeah. <laughs> um because big bigfoot's coming to your house like you don't want him over for dinner okay so you guys are in the clearing you're already in that kind of Okay, you heard some knocking, you heard some or whatever in the background. <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca yeah. was lurking in the woods. <laughs> he was just around there. Yeah. And um, so what time of night is is this? So now, you know, we put the, the campfire out and it's getting to be like one or two in the morning. And uh, I'm tired. So um, Jim says, let's do this thing called Operation T as Bait. And I was like, oh, well, that, <laughs> that sounds, sounds great. Uh, yeah. Uh, he says, you know, I, I'm going to stay up for a while sitting in the Jeep here. You just go in your tent and go to sleep, you know. And if I, I see something, you know, maybe something's going to come around and look at the campsite. So we've been hearing this weird stuff. So I, I get into my tent, um, I get into my sleeping bag, and I'm just starting to fall asleep. Like, just on the cusp of, like being awake and being asleep when I hear this blood curdling howl that sounds like it's right outside of my tent and uh it's very frightening it's very loud I've never heard anything like it and it's very frightening so I lay there pretty much petrified with fear for I don't know maybe five minutes yeah and then I slowly unzip the tent and and stick my head out and I think for sure I'm gonna see a Bigfoot standing there right outside my tent. I quickly get out of the tent. I run over to Jim's Jeep where he's still sitting. He's actually on his phone trying to text me. And I like knock on the window and he jumps because <laughs> of course, he's, scared. He's, he's heard it too. And he's scared. Again, the Jeep, we talk about, you know, did you hear that? Yeah. What was it? I have no idea. Later. Um, he has this recorded by the way, this howl. And uh, later, he has a friend who says that he thinks it's an aggressive coyote. So that's what scared us. 
really bad. Apparently, well, that's it was a pretty coyote. terrifying sure. too. That's a pretty aggressive coyote. Yeah, it's it must come right up. It sounded like it was like just literally on the other side of the tent, like right next to me. Okay. So, anyway, and we're worked up. That we don't know this at that point. We're worked up. We're we're frightened, and I'm staring out the window at the you know the tree line thinking I'm going to see this eight-foot Bigfoot strolling along. <laughs> and uh, But while I'm looking for Bigfoot, something catches my eye, and it's this ball of light, like, bouncing around and moving back and forth. And, uh, you know, I, I told Jim, I was like, Jim, are you seeing this too? And uh, we got out of his Jeep. We, we watched it through binoculars for a while. It was like this ball of lights with, like, a uh, little red and green things swirling around it and moving around and uh so you guys are in the jeep at the time yeah so in the jeep you're looking out the window yeah and is it level with you guys is it in the sky is it above the trees like where would you say it was in in uh plane wise in the plane high high in the in the sky uh you know at first i thought it was a star um and i thought that i was scared and i was shaking and that's why I was seeing the star move around. But then I realized, you know, it was like doing this very erratic zipping and weaving and hovering. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was very high in the sky. And then once in a while, okay, it, it would be moving around and there would be this illumination uh, that kind of looked like lightning or something that would backlight the, the tree line. So that was, that was so weird. Pretty bright. And, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Well, that and must have been with the, with your adrenaline rush too. Your your perception was probably super <laughs> yeah. acute at that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We tried to take video of it too, and um, uh, Jim did get some video of it. But and this is I I came to understand some of the frustration because because it's so dark. We're in the middle of nowhere. He was having trouble focusing on the object. And keeping it in frame, so mm. we have some video, but it's not—it's not very impressive compared to what we actually saw. Well, what's exciting about uh, your experience there is it, it connects to you know what other researchers have talked about in the past, like Stan Gordon. This idea that UFOs and Bigfoot are in some way connected because uh, you know experiences with those two you know very different phenomena. Uh, you know, seem to coincide at times, and, and uh, that's just incredible to hear that it, that that's what happened for you, T. Yeah, and, and it's really funny because actually earlier in that day, while we were walking around through the woods, hiking around, um, you know, I was trying to get my interviewing out of the way too. So I, I asked Jim what he thought about, you know, is there any correlation between UFOs and Bigfoot? Because that's a theory that I heard. And, uh, you know, he was very open about it. He's like, I don't know, you know, it could be, could not be. Hmm. It, it does seem, though, that in a lot of these cases, even for people that aren't completely mad, you know, because sometimes you talk to people and they'll be like, yeah, well, I've seen Bigfoot. I've been abducted by a UFO. My house is haunted and I can read <laughs> your mind. You know, like, like they've got a little bit of, they got a little bit of everything, <clears throat> you know, like they're a super friend or something. Yeah. And so... When you think about stuff, it does seem, though, even with a lot of regular people whose opinion you would trust or, or someone who you, you would know would not make this stuff up, um, when it rains, it pours. It seems like it's either being attuned to it at a certain time and opening up a, 
not just seeing a little bit, but seeing a lot at one time because you're attuned to it or not seeing anything at all. Like it's some kind of switch or anything in that, you know, you guys were in that zone already and already thinking about it and you heard the scream and maybe that was opening the door and then whatever you saw in the sky was what was on the other side kind of kind of thing and I, I know that sounds a little bit mad in its own right but you know it does it's, it's that when it rains it pours like you're tuned into something and I think I've had that when I've whenever I've seen weird stuff that I can't explain or something it seems like it doesn't just happen one thing at a time it's several things right away maybe in the same night maybe at the same thing and it's and I'm not sure whether that's because your mind might be in that mode already or like I was saying with when you get an adrenaline rush your senses are all way more exaggerated than they normally are, right? So you pick up on things that you might not necessarily notice or see or hear. So that, right. That That's could a... have something to do with it as well. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I'm jealous you got to see a UFO. That is so cool. <laughs> like, I don't think that's fair. <laughs> but now, okay, <laughs> not, not to be... Uh, unexpected, yeah. When, I, when, when you first described it, immediately, of course, I had to think, it sounds like a drone. Yeah. Like one of those little drone things, but... It was higher up in the sky than... Yeah. It was <laughs> higher up, and, you know, uh, people have tried to give me explanations. Uh, people have suggested a drone. Someone s- said that I saw airplane headlights that were caught in fog or clouds or something. Mm. But, uh, but you know, and I'm, I'm open to an explanation that isn't something extraterrestrial, but none of those things... I mean, it, I don't think you it don't was check a drone. check out... <laughs> Yeah, I I don't the movement was like too quick and too like uh you know it just wouldn't fit the pattern of a drone. Okay, thing. sure. Yeah, sorry. I just had to ask cuz yeah. when you were describing oh, yeah. it I'm like that sounds a lot like but I mean obviously yeah. <laughs> if yeah, it were no. that you would you wouldn't have brought it up as a story of a <laughs> Well, and yeah. and also I mean that's a good point Wendy cuz when you're talking about UFOs like now that we all have access to the internet People have a camera on their phone all the time. Um, How many new UFO reports come out every week that are just some kid got a drone for his birthday Yeah, and is out there? (laughs) Well, the other thing I think about, too, is human beings being as cruel as they are. You know, they they hear, oh, hey, there's a couple guys hunting Bigfoot out there. Let's go. Yeah, (laughs) let's go scare the heck out of them. Um, But it sounds like you were in a remote enough location that that wouldn't be the case. Hopefully, yeah, I don't, anyway. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, this, there's always a possibility, yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, we were we were pretty far out there. I don't think they'd have to be very ambitious. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so when did it go away? Like, how long was it up there? Like, how long did you guys watch it until you were like, ah, it's a UFO, what a bore, I'm going to bed. <laughs> uh, it's hard, you know, because, like, time is hard to keep track of when you're in a situation like that. But, uh, you know, we we got out of the, the Jeep and watched it for at least like a half hour outside of the Jeep. Then we got back in, and I kept watching it out the window for a while. And then I started to get tired, so I just kind of, like, put my head back on the, the car seat. And um, I didn't fall asleep, but, you know, I was just kind of resting for... Uh, maybe 10 minutes or something and I looked out the window and it, it was gone so okay. I did not get to see it depart so I don't know like you didn't get to see it hit hyperspace or whatever and right. get to the other side yeah. of the galaxy 
So you talk to the Paranormal Investigators Milwaukee, and they usually do ghost hunts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you were with Jim Sherman, Bigfoot Hunter in uh, Michigan, and you went to uh, Lauren Coleman's museum. And where is, is the museum located? Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. Yeah. And so what are some of the other locations you visited in the book? Um, I went to Vermont. Uh, I joined a crew of guys who are looking for evidence of Champ, who is um, a lake monster. It's kind of the American version of the Loch Ness Monster. Hmm. Uh, in lake Champlain, right? Yeah, yeah. We were on the Vermont side, but it also borders uh, New York and Quebec. Okay, so you know it's obviously a Canadian plot. <laughs> it could be. Could be. It's like a they have it's a Canadian war sub. <laughs> yeah, it could be. So that was okay. fun. I just we cruised around on the lake and um you know, they had underwater cameras and stuff. Did not find Champ, but it was it was fun looking nonetheless. Uh where else did I go? Uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um uh, I went there be uh, for the Mothman Festival is this annual cool. event. It's great. A lot of fun, you know, kind of a hybrid between like a small town festival and a, a paranormal conference in a way. Hmm. And the Mothman, if you guys haven't seen the movie with Richard Gere, the American gigolo himself, if you haven't seen the Mothman prophecies, like the Mothman's weird because I don't know how to describe it because like the Mothman, people saw some weird stuff and then the town had a couple of cursed things happen. How would you guys describe the Mothman? Yeah, well, it's a weird um, period of time, uh, 66 and 67, where people, lots of people, report seeing this flying humanoid creature with big red eyes. And also at the same time, there was uh, reports of seeing UFOs and the men in black. This is like a very early uh, documented case where the men in black start showing up to... Um, talk to ufo witnesses so lots of weird stuff like you saying you kind of the door opens and all sorts of weird stuff come out right the once. summer of love was a dangerous time baby <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um so i was really glad to go because i was just curious to see the town um i got to see i mean, the, so kind of the climax of the story is this uh, silver bridge collapses so it's gone but they've made a replacement uh bridge there and, uh, and it's great. And, and one of my favorite things is they have this town square downtown. And usually, you know, a small town like that, you might find a statue of George Washington or maybe the city founder. But they have this statue of this hideous mothman that's reaching out to grab you. It's great. It's great. I love it. <laughs> that's cool. When you were traveling and meeting people and, and going along with them, did anybody actually give you a plan? Like, what happens if we catch a monster? <laughs> what happens if Bigfoot shows up? Does everybody take a picture, poop their pants, and run? Or, you know, do you guys have a net? Is Did they bring a live animal cage? Like, what kind of things? I mean, with Champ, I don't know. You, you just, you know. Document it. We saw Jurassic Park. We know what happens. But, the, yeah. I mean, with these other things, like, kind of what was their plan in case they actually saw it? Um, I, I think most most of the people I was ha that I was hanging out with really just had the plan that they wanted to capture some evidence of it. So um, a lot of people, you know, paranormal investigators in Milwaukee is a great example of this. They when they do an investigation, they rig up every room with audio recorders, 
video recorders, you know, um, they have night vision cameras, uh, all sorts of stuff. So um, I think that was mostly a plan was, hey, if you see something, get a good picture. Okay, yeah. that's cool. And so we alluded to this to before, but you did get to appear on Coast to Coast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Last, you know, just, just a short while ago. And I took a listen, and you sounded great, by the way. Oh, thanks. So congratulations on that. Thanks. That was so really cool. awesome. Have you been on before to talk about any of your stuff, or was this your first time in front of that monstrous, of an, so to speak, of an audience? Uh, first time. Uh, first time. And uh, it came about, it actually, I mean, I don't know if this was relevant or not, but uh, one of the travels I did for Monster Hunters was I went to the International UFO Congress, which is outside of Phoenix, Arizona, every year. Um, and that was kind of my big UFO chapter of the book, was I wanted to get the, the conference experience and talk about some of the people that I met there, both the guest speakers and some of the people attending, you know. Um, so I spent, I spent, you know, it was uh, four days at this conference, and one of the speakers was George Norrie. Okay. Um, he gave a very fun, entertaining talk where he just talked about his show, and and uh, and then kind of like the call-in section of his show, he had people line up to ask him questions live there. That's so and, cool. Uh, yeah, so it was fun, and um, afterwards, this conference center was in a casino, uh, so I went to hang out with some of the people I met there at, at this casino. Uh, including the event organizers, who are, who are very cool. And uh, I see George Nori playing blackjack over at a table. And, and <laughs> next right. to him is his... He can uh, predict the cards. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's something I, I wanted to ask him, was, you know, if, if he had some sort of card-reading ability. <laughs> but um, his show producer, Tom, w- was standing there, along with Lee Spiegel, who... Uh, I don't know if you guys know him. Lee Spiegel's very classic uh, UFO. Does a lot of reporting on UFO stuff. Okay. Um, he and he writes for the Huffington Post, yeah, right? Yeah, Huffington Post quite quite frequently. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I I have trouble promoting myself sometimes, but I was like, here's a good opportunity. I've, I've got coast to coast producer and Lee Spiegel standing there. So I introduce. I right. kind of t- it's now I t- or never, T. Like right, this, is, right. this is your moment, right? <laughs> right. So I just kind of took a deep breath and I said, "Hey guys, you know, here's my deal. I wrote this book about real life superheroes. I'm working on the second book, and uh, they seemed interested. But I mean, there's a lot going on at this conference. <laughs> um. Anyway, when when Monster Hunters was coming out, uh, my publicist uh, at my publisher was looking for suggestions of, of people they should contact. I said, well, try Coast to Coast. And um, I think that they probably tried a couple times, and eventually they put me like in a queue of potential people to have on the show in the future. And that finally came around for me earlier this month. So I was surprised to get the email. It was kind of out of nowhere to me. Uh, but my publicist said they want to talk to you. Like, That's fantastic. Really? Awesome. <laughs> Did they give you any special requests, like things not to talk about, things not to say? Was there like any rules or, or things like, okay, you don't ask, you know, don't mention this? <laughs> uh, no, no, nothing like that. Um, 
their show producer like asked me to like kind of put some stuff out there that I would like to talk about, so sure. they would have some direction, I think. But yeah, no, not, they didn't mention anything like you know, don't talk about Art Bell or something like that. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Don't, don't talk about the old host. That's and cool. Definitely right. not Jason Siegel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, we can just okay. brag now that we had you on our show first before yeah, Coast so to Coast AM. Come on. <laughs> come on. You can see they're just, well. We, we know who of, the high quality guests are. We get them, we get them before the, the big guys. <laughs> I was listening to when Art Bell was on. Uh, we'll have to do a whole show sometime on the multitude of bad luck things that happen to Art Bell that keep him from broadcasting on yeah. the air. Yeah. But um, when Art Bell was on, I, I, would li- I listened to his new show. And uh, he did have a bunch of the guests that we had on over the year. And so I kind of think I'm like, is his, his producer just like looking through the file and just swiping our guys? <laughs> and, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, that's fantastic. I was just wondering if they said like, you know, you, you can't talk about this, but that, that's totally cool. And Monster Hunters, we'll have a link to it in our show notes so people can pick it up. An awesome book. The Godfather of Cryptozoology named it as the number one cryptozoology book at 2015 so you if you are into cryptids and if you're listening to this show i know you are into cryptids <laughs> then you're going to want to pick that up and give yourself a treat in 2016 and speaking of the new year in 2016 uh t you just had some announcements and you're going to run the milwaukee paranormal conference again is that right that's right i'm very excited Yay. about it <laughs> yeah yeah um, and what what inspired you to, to kind of get into that in the first place? Was it your experience in Arizona or anything? Or like, why'd you, you know, and, and now you're like, oh, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I did go to a couple of conferences um, while I was working on the book and as I was finishing the book. And uh, I guess it, the idea started kind of small. Like, I was like, I should do a book release party, but instead of me just like talking about my book, maybe I can kind of showcase some of the people or the types of people that I write about by putting together kind of a mini conference. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm sure paranormal investigators in Milwaukee, uh, would be glad to participate. I was like, I bet Allison would, would like to do something. Yeah. You know, um, she'll show up. There's, <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs> There was a there's a couple of people and uh, it started to just kind of come together in my mind and I was like yeah that's great and then the other thing that I thought was exciting about it was I actually went to what was probably the last paranormal conference in Milwaukee uh, when I was young I I just I kind of remember this pretty vividly in my mind I was walking down a street in the east side and I saw a flyer for it it was at the the Scottish Masonic Center. I was like, whoa, this is weird. I'm going. Right. And, and the Masons are there, so you know, like, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be weird anyway. I'm gonna tell you one of the strangest things I saw at that paranormal conference was in the hallway I saw a dude wearing a kilt and he had a long mullet that like went down to his butt <laughs> and a tuxedo top walking yes. in the hallway. Oh, I was like yeah. I couldn't like figure it out at first and I was like, Oh, he's a Scottish Mason. I get it. He's wearing the kilt, and he's like got the formal wear, and he's got a mullet, which is a Scottish hairstyle, by the way. Right. So, um, but anyway, that was about 10 years ago, and to my knowledge, there has not been any sort of paranormal conference in Milwaukee in that 10-year period, uh, which is crazy. You know, I mean, there's one in Chicago, um, 
I know they do some some sort of thing in Minnesota. I don't know if it's in Twin Cities or somewhere else, but there's ones in Michigan for sure. Um, so it just started to kind of uh, snowball and turn into a bigger thing. And uh, well, kinda- and we thank you for bringing bringing a paranormal conference to Wisconsin. I think that's that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, are there anybody that was real one of our life favorite super- things of last year? It was. It was, and it was number. <laughs> Me too. It was our second most downloaded episode of last year, too, was our oh, cool. uh, Paranormal Conference, Milwaukee Paranormal Conference uh, podcast episode. Featuring cool. the Bigfoot um, polka. Yes. Are there going to be any re- real-life superheroes showing up at this year's? Well, you know, there was that year one. They just uh, they were undercover. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, right, They had their secret identities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, some of those guys are really into paranormal stuff. Um, so... Yeah, there there was one one last year who's there, just not in a superhero costume. And I know a couple of those guys are gonna be coming next year too. So that sounds good. Are you gonna get Phoenix Jones to come out, or is he so <laughs> mad at you? Phoenix Jones, is, yeah, he's a little mad at me, I guess. <laughs> I know he uh, the guy uh, Phoenix Jones um, loves media. He has a he has a he has a problem because he loves media and he loves being a public figure, but he doesn't like it when that media is not a positive reflection. Mm. And I don't think I was being very negative. I was just saying, "Hey, it's a crazy thing to happen, man." No, you were just telling a story. I listened to it, and yeah. it's funny that he got mad about it. We talk about Phoenix Jones in our original interview with T on real life superheroes, and to describe Phoenix Jones. I might have to put a picture of him in the show notes. Anyway, he's just he's just your he's your flamboyant superhero. Like and that's looking for media attention and you know, he's going for it. I would say, you know, he's one, he's an example of a real life superhero. And what city is it in again? Seattle. Seattle, right. Yeah. So, he's keeping the Pacific Northwest safe from evildoers and he just it doesn't make any bones about it. And so, uh we talk about Phoenix Jones and T on Coast to Coast described an incident. Uh and then uh, he just didn't like it, and it made some even more press about it. Yeah. So everybody ended up getting a little bit of press about it. But you can read about the outrageous stories in real life superheroes and hear about it a little bit. Yeah, and it isn't um, all press good press though, really. That's true. That's the old the old adage. Yeah. Yep. Unless you're Bill Cosby, it's right. great. <laughs> right. Um, That's true. Right. He's he's like, oh, stop talking about me. Just eat this pudding pop. Don't worry about it. And no, um, no, no, no. Okay. No, pull out my. <laughs> well, no, I mean, we don't need any uh, jokes. We don't need any jokes about that because he's just probably going to go to jail anyway. Speaking of excitement, though, so as far as speakers for the Paranormal Conference in 2016, can you announce any, or are they all? Is it still under wraps until your official? Let's blow it up. Oh no! I, I can I can announce here uh, some of the some of the speakers that we got. That'd be fantastic. Okay, first uh, special guest speaker that we're going to have, um, and uh, I'm very happy to say that we're going to be bringing him to Milwaukee for the first time. And this is someone that we've already talked about quite a bit on the show, and that is Lauren Coleman. Hey, awesome. Yeah. Now, that is exciting. That's really that, exciting. That, that'll make it really extra fun. Yep, he's, uh, he's going to come in with the conference. Cool. Uh, um, we're, we're in talks with a lot of people. There's some people we've confirmed. There's, there's uh, 
some people that we're still talking to. But um, I will will mention uh, a couple of other people. Let me just pull up my list here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you guys are are probably familiar with this guy, um, Chad Lewis. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's going to give our yeah, but- our first ever uh, talk about lake monsters and sea serpents. Cool. Oh, that should be fun. No, Chad Lewis is a cool guy. He's been a guest on the show. Oh, good, good. And yeah. we used to listen to him on the Wolf uh, 108 in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, we always listen to that station because they used to play our band all the time. But he had a show called The Unexplained on at like 10 o'clock. And so it was broadcast on the web too. So Chad's been a friend to the paranormal for over a decade now at least. And he's interviewed in episode 18. So if you want to check that out. Mm-hmm. Cool. We talk about supernatural headlines. Othersidepodcast.com slash... 18. Cool. Um, so here, here's something that would be great for us to talk about um, because you, you guys are involved. We're also doing five panels this year. I'm really excited about all five of them. I think all okay. five of them are completely awesome. Uh, so Mike, this is uh, one that I talked to you about. Haunted Road Trip is the name of the, the panel. And uh, uh, I guess the idea behind it is, you know... Um, Places that people can visit, uh, pretty much with like a tank of gas, you know, outside of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So, um, panel is going to be moderated by you, Mike. Uh, and yep, I, I th- I'm in. I thought you'd be a good moderator uh, because you know you, you've done the Madison Ghost Tour, uh, you do the Minneapolis Ghost Tour, and uh, the panelists are going to be Mike Hoke. I think I'm saying his n- name right. He does the Cedarburg um, Ghost and Dark History Walking Tour. Ooh, dark uh, history. Yeah. Lisa <laughs> Lisa Van Buskirk uh, from Madison. Oh, our Lisa. Yeah. Hey, Lisa. And, and then uh, Kathy Creasel. Um, she's she has a organization called Haunted Rockford uh, from Rockford, Illinois, and she just published a book called Murder and Mayhem in Rockford, Illinois. Okay. Although, yeah, I think I think we've been witness to murder and mayhem in Rockford, Illinois, a couple of times. Oh no! But that sounds like fun. We head on. We we have a whole lot of friends in Rockford, so I'm looking forward to hearing about their ghost stories. Cool, cool. Um, and Allison, Allison is going to, uh, and I love that this is going to be like a part two. Allison's going to give a, a presentation called Milwaukee Fortiana, uh, Volume Two. Is it Volume Two? Yeah, volume two. Yeah, okay. That's so, great. so you got some new stories there, Allison? Oh yeah. Well, you know, Mike, that I've been talking to you about, um, you know, some of my research that has led me to to find out there are a whole lot of exorcisms in Milwaukee. Um, so I'll be talking mm. about um, the devil. <laughs> All right, we love that guy. Uh, and his infiltration into a, a local convent here in Milwaukee, um, and also. Um, some possessions that that went on in our fine city. So, and and many other stories as well. It's just right now I'm I'm deep in uh, to reading about the devil, and I'm yeah. just surprised about how many times he's come to visit Milwaukee. Oh, awesome! I love it. Right, I'm looking That's, forward to it. He doesn't consider Wisconsin a flyover state at all. <laughs> I always figured I always figured that the devil would think of Detroit as a second home, but maybe. <laughs> Maybe he decided Milwaukee. A, a Milwaukee instead. Oh, because well, he has his own night in Detroit. That's why I was thinking of. It. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like a good one. I'll make sure. I'll stay awake for that. <laughs> good. And, and then the other thing I'm talking with Allison about is, and I don't think that we've uh, confirmed the guests uh, yet, 
but Allison is going to moderate a panel that's going to be called um, something like, Yikes, My Business is Haunted. And, yeah, um, cool. And I, I got the idea because, you know, last year we had so many, uh, uh, you know, we had Shakers, Cigar Bar participated, uh, the Old Baraboo Inn. Um, there's a lot of businesses in Milwaukee, I think, where the people at least are open to talking about their experiences in, in their own business. So I thought... Not the Fister. Right. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> well, know. I don't know. Besides the Fister. Yeah, no, nobody from the Fister is going to show up. <laughs> so <laughs> That's pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, so I thought it would be a fun panel just to have some mm. business owners talk about experiences in their business. Yeah, and there's just so many in Milwaukee. So the problem is... Yeah. <laughs> cutting the list down a little bit, right. I think. Right. Yeah. Well, I that mean, sounds like a pretty awesome lineup. Can you can can you confirm the new venue? Yes. Uh, I can't even express like how relieved I am about this because I'm going to tell you that since June, pretty much, pretty much since the end of the first paranormal conference, I have spent a lot of time looking at venues, taking tours of venues, inquiring, and uh, it was a long and sometimes frustrating road. There and if you didn't find one, we were just going to come to your house. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was having a lot of trouble in that department. Um, there was a couple of places I thought were possibly going to work out, and it turned out to be a dead end. Hmm. Um, were there any places, and I think this is, I mean, a lot of people who listen maybe want to think about doing this in their hometown, kind of like you did Milwaukee. Was there any places that were like paranormal conference? Uh, we don't like your can around here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. Wow. So that's something that you didn't think there'd be bigotry against weirdos, but no. there is. There was. There was at least two. At least two places um, where it, it was too weird for them. They, they thought I was going to be hosting a, a devil worshiping <laughs> convention or something. Like Just Allison's panel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not worshiping. We're just reporting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then there was venues where I got a very eye-opening experience because they're like, sure, we'll rent you our venue and it's mm. only going to cost the cost of, uh, you know, the down payment on a house or something. Wow. <laughs> right. Like, like, they think it's like the end, like the, the baseball hall of fame coming or something right. like that. I was like, wow, this is mind boggling. But so... But all of the struggle, it was worthwhile. Everything happens for a reason and, and all of that because uh, I, I found this venue that I'm just in love with and I'm, I'm so glad that it worked out. It's uh, the Zalazo Center, um, which is located on the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee campus. And uh, the building actually used to be a, a synagogue. Um, it was built in 1922. The main auditorium room is this beautiful kind of dome-shaped room with stained glass windows, uh, and then it has several other rooms within the same building that are um, pretty significant in size. And uh, what happened was in 2000, the synagogue decided to uh, relocate to River Hills, and the Peck School of Arts uh, took over or acquired the building. And it's used mostly for their music programs right now. There's, okay. a, there's a lot of practice spaces in there. Um, they have orchestra performances. The auditorium is used for a lot of orchestra and dance performances and that sort of thing. But um, 
anyway, it, it's going to work out perfect as far as uh, the main auditorium is. We'll have speakers in there. There's another large room um, that we'll be using for panel discussions and stuff like that. And there's two rooms we'll have for vendors. And then Yay. a, uh, yeah, bigger, bigger vendor floor space this year, which is great. Um, and then there's a smaller room that will be used for, um, workshops and activities. But the whole building is beautiful, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, marble floors and stained glass windows. And it's, um, right here on the beautiful east side, uh, it's, uh, Located on a pretty active college campus, so I'm excited about, you know, trying to get UW involved as much as I can. There's plenty of parking this time. Um, well, absolutely. You know, every year I get hit up by folklore students you know, who need to do their project or whatever, and so they interview me as a, as a quote-unquote expert on Madison hauntings. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thing where you put it up to the university and be like, hey, you know, if they're if you guys have a folklore class or something like that, and you want to learn some stories, this is the place to go to. Absolutely, I'm going to be doing a lot of reaching out to, um, you know, folklore history, even uh, see um, how I can get the campus involved. What what month is it now? It's it's moving months now. Yeah. It was in June in 2015, yeah. but in 2016, it's going to be in October. Yes. Um, at first, I was saying it's a two-day event. It's actually a three-day event because there's wow. there's going to be a Friday night where we're doing kind of pre-conference type of stuff. You know, there's going to be like a party and uh, some events, and then Saturday and Sunday are going to be like the actual speakers at the Zalazzo Center. But yes, October. And what are the dates? October 14th through the 16th, 2016. Okay, that sounds like a good weekend to get in trouble in Milwaukee. Yeah, um, we moved it to October because uh, I really like that time of year, and we thought it would be a good tie-in for Halloween season, you know? Perfect. Uh, a couple, week, couple weeks before Halloween, people are excited about the topic, so this is a, a great time of year to tie into. They certainly are. Okay, now, T, we just got a couple more questions for you. Thank you very much for spending your afternoon with us today. But we heard some news that you may have a, a, another book in the works. Yeah. Can you talk about the topic? And are you switching topics now? Like, we talked to the Gray Brothers. They did, like, a whole bunch of paranormal stuff. And then the next thing they did was, like, true crime. And so they were, they were switching it up from paranormal to something without any ghosts or demons or cool things. And uh, just what, what's the new topic going to be about? Yeah. Well, you know, I would say it's a different topic, but I think it's got a similar tone in, in some ways is the best way I can describe it. I'm working on uh, on two books. One book is uh, a project that uh, I'm still working on, and it's about a very interesting conspiracy theorist I met. And I met him while working on my first book, because he's also a real-life superhero. Ooh. But, Ooh. So it's like Rorschach from The <laughs> Watchmen. Yeah. Um, that book I, I'm really excited about, but uh, it's uh, kind of up in the air what's going to happen with it, I guess. But uh, my current publisher, Chicago Review Press, um, did buy and wants me to do a third book, uh, which has the working title, The End. And uh, the book Ooh. is about what I would call uh, America's apocalypse culture. Um, it's about predictions and preparation 
for the end of the world as we know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if people have seen a show like Doomsday Preppers, um, mm-hmm. that is one of the angles uh, that I'm going to be looking into a little bit is people that consider themselves preppers. But I'm also going to be talking to um, people like experts on artificial intelligence and how that could be a dangerous thing in the future. Um, I'm going to talk about plans to colonize Mars and get off of this planet. Uh, you know, a, so. let's. I'm going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm. I'm just kind of talking about predictions and preparation and a little bit, you know, what the future direction might be. Oh, man. That sounds We're looking very interesting. Forward, looking forward to checking that out. Uh, we had an episode about the apocalypses that never happened. Yeah. When we talked about doomsdays and uh, also artificial intelligence, well, evil computers. Right. I mean, that we've had our own episodes about evil computers. We'll put those in the show notes if you want to get prepped. Yeah. For uh, T's new book coming out, so, well prepped, right? Uh, oh coming out T's man, book. coming out! Hey everybody, <laughs> I'll be here all day. Coming out soon. Well, man, I can't, I can't wait to check that out. Yeah. Looking forward to the uh, Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, and I uh, want everybody to check out Monster Hunters. Wendy, Allison, you guys have any last questions for T? No, I just want to congratulate you on all your success and all of the mm-hmm. uh, awesome things that you've got going on. It's, it seems like you've got a whole whole bunch of stuff going on, so it's fun to to follow you and see what you're up to. Yeah, and, and how can people follow you? Yeah, well, uh, I have my own website. It's tkrulos.com. Um, and if you go to the website, I have information on my books, um, upcoming appearances that I have planned. And uh, I blog sometimes. Uh, I try to post up if I if I do articles. Um, I kind of have a list of stuff that I've written that people can check out. So tkrulos.com, uh, and then uh, MilwaukeeParanormalConference.com is the paranormal conference website. And uh, we're going to be updating with um, stuff pretty frequently now. Um, we're going to be announcing the stuff that we talked about on the show today and then as we confirm more guests we'll be doing updates pretty regularly so you can find that in the show notes othersidepodcast.com slash 73 and uh, you can get and follow T and see what he's up to and we just love to help in any way that we can because it's always something awesome so thank you very much for joining us today T we appreciate it thanks T Thank you, T. Happy New Year, Allison. Happy New Year, T. And Happy New Year, Wendy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. It was fun to have T on as we celebrate going to 2016 because we love to surround ourselves with cool people doing interesting paranormal projects just like us. We hope everyone out there has their best year yet, and let's use the time we have to the best of all of our abilities. As Delmore Schwartz wrote in Calmly We Walk Through This April's Day, What will become of you and me? This is the school in which we learn, besides the photo and the memory, that time is the fire in which we burn. And here's Sunspot's song, The Fire in Which We Burn.
change This moment's the only thing we can hold on to Don't spend it in a cage You are free Choose to be the fire in which we burn
Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Or whatever in the background. <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca yeah. was lurking in the woods. <laughs> he was just around there.